0: We all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark.
1: I'm Derek Ferguson.
0: And I'm Tom DJ. And we're back
1: here again with another episode of Better in the Dark. Let me tell you about these two dudes from Brooklyn. Yep, yep. You won't view movies the same way again. Every two weeks new and hate it or love it, they break it down for you. Tom, DJ, and Derek, Bird been writing for years, got respect from the peers. Watch these movies for our benefit, bro, watch a Halloween, love, Tom, grab the From Marvel at the movies to the Bond series, almost two years, they about to hit. Episodes that is, don't get it twisted. And from the start, these two have been gifted. Tom loves Kristen and Derek loves Pam Tom hates heroes and Derek can't stand Remakes of movies that don't need remain Watch out studios, they won't be played So give it up for T, and give it up for D The coolest guy in Brooklyn inside of Jay-Z My name's B, hyping and it's time to start Cause we all feel better, better, better in the dark
0: This is a Better in the Dark spoiler warning. The following program features discussions of major plot points, even the endings, of recent films. If you have not seen the films discussed and don't want to know anything, stop listening now. You have been formally warned, and from this point on, waive the right to complain, bellyache, bitch, moan, or otherwise whine about it. Thank you, and enjoy the show.
1: How you doing, folks? He's Thomas DJ.
0: And he's Derek Ferguson.
1: And we're here again with another exceptionally wonderful episode of Better in the Dark where we're going to be reviewing. That's right. It's some movies.
0: our quarterly review show.
1: Yeah, and it's one Man. that Tom has been wanting to get to I'm for a seething.
0: while. I'm seeing. I'm seething.
1: For those of you that have been regular listeners mm-hmm. of this podcast, you know that every once in a while I let Tom just go off on a rant because right. he just has the fit about certain things. We're going to start off this episode... With him ranting about... Oh,
0: no, we should build up to that.
1: No, 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 let's no, let you... No, because let's I'm let's afraid
0: you, I might scare everybody away. No, let's let
1: you get it out of your system.
0: I only saw one movie in the theater. It's a quarter. Yeah, but this and one, I had to choose this one. I, I had to choose he had this to one. had to choose
1: this one. If you had asked me, Derek, should I go see this movie? I would have told you no. <laughs> I okay. Could, I can tell from just the trailers... This wasn't a movie you should go see. However, we're going to let Tom go ahead and get it out of his system, folks. So here is Thomas DJ, my good friend, (sighs) with his review
0: of... Quarantine. 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 Those of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast know that there is one film that I hold high, among all others, has the worst that Hollywood has ever perpetrated upon my person. What was that film again, Derek? Pulse.
1: Pulse. Which, rid- which features your girl.
0: That's right. You have enough integrity. That's right. Even though...
1: I'm going to give that to you, my friend.
0: My beautiful you, Kristen is in that film. And, and,
1: and Kristen Bell is in there. And those of you who don't know, Tom worships Kristen Bell. He would drink... Car urine.
0: <laughs> uh, now that's an image I really didn't want in my head. Thank you. Uh. He loves Kristen
1: Bell. But you hated
0: that movie. Oh God, did I hate that movie?
1: I watched it. <laughs> and movie. now you hate that movie. Even after you told me, don't yep. watch this movie. I watched it, I said, there's no way I could adequately describe what happened in that movie. But you want to see... Quarantine! And went to
0: see Quarantine, yeah. Oh my god. Well, okay. I had heard, particularly our friends at Joffrey Street, yeah, who do Cool Shine on the Tube, are okay. long-time friends, had we love. Yes, we do. We don't love this movie. We, we don't love, love
1: this movie, but
0: we love them. They did an episode around the Spanish film Wreck, which is actually Wreck with the two square brackets and the little dot at the end, which is supposed mm-hmm. to mean Recording. And it was a Spanish movie about a news crew that got trapped in a house where, for all intents and purposes, a zombie outbreak took place. Now, Screen Gems purchased this film and decided rather than release this film, which got a lot of great reviews to the American audiences with subtitles, or dubbing it, mm-hmm. they chose to make their own version. Okay. Now, the first thing they did, of course, is they said, well, you know what? People are too stupid to understand what wreck means. Even though I'm sure every human being at this point has looked through a video camera and have seen the little recording yeah, right. icon. Yeah. So they changed it to quarantine. I looked it up because I was looking to go to the movies last week. I had a rare Saturday off, and I called up the various sites to look at reviews. This film got a lot of good reviews. I'm like, okay, maybe they managed to capture what made the Spanish version good. Hmm. Okay, folks. I hated this movie. Folks so here. Much. Folks. Here this it is com- the new. Folks here it comes. Gold standard for the worst that Hollywood has ever shat upon me. God, that I hate this movie. We will now let Tom have five minutes to go off on of this movie, and then I will be back. Tom. Go! Uh, Even Pulse, as bad as it was, did not cause me to do something that I consider to be offensive, which is shout at the screen. At the end of this movie, I just started saying, Fuck you, movie! over and over during the credits. I hated this thing so much. It's such an aggressively stupid script! And when we go through the plot in a few seconds, you will see just how aggressively stupid... It's one of these awful films where they play around with time frames and stuff just because of its convenience to the plot. I hated the people in this film. I wanted them to die horribly. And they wouldn't die horribly enough quicker. So, should I talk about the plot? No, no, no. You got four more minutes? I got four more minutes. There's just so much I can do before... It's about... And they don't even bother changing the names. If you're going to do an American adaptation of a foreign film, at least change the names. Americanize the frickin' names. Don't use the same frickin' names from the screen. With changes to make it stupider, this seems to be just like a, a straight port over. The few uh, American adaptations of foreign horror films that we've liked, what's different about them? They alter the, the story in such a way to make it more American. Three minutes, huh? The ring. The girl did. He made certain changes, but they were changes that were logical to make it more American, to make it more accessible to American audiences. I could deal with that. I cannot deal with just, let's just take the script and just dumb it down to an incredible degree and make all sorts of factual errors and mistakes, because people will be too stupid to notice it. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, this fucking moron... Let me tell you something, Joel Eric Daddle. you better not find me. You better not cross my path, because I will kick your ass.
1: I can kind of concur with that. I will <laughs> kick your ass. And see, since he's my friend, I'll have to kick your ass, too. You so know. First
0: you give us the stupid Poughkeepsie yeah, tapes I
1: mean, bullshit
0: ripoff. Because he's my boy. And if now he, you got to go if do, do this. Your ass, I'll have to kick your ass. With your too. stupid, oh, well, we'll just do shaking cam so badly that nobody will know what's going on. Fuck you, Eric Dowdle. Fuck you, movie. <sighs> I'm sorry. Do you feel better? Yeah, oh, a little okay. bit. You got two minutes. I still got two minutes to rant before I go into the, the plot. Yes. I, I don't think I can do two more minutes. What well, you wasted in ranting is, is at the man. Screen Gems picks this thing up oh my and because God. it's done in that same sort of Lair Witch slash Cloverfield idea of we're going to look directly through the eye of another person. We're going to witness it as they witness it. They find this no talent moron hack John Eric Dowdle who previously did a, a film called The Poughkeepsie Tapes which not only was it Inept. It was offensive on every level. Mm-hmm. And they go, here, remake this movie for us. Have some popcorn. <laughs> and, of course, he lowers himself to our expectation. Now do I get to talk about the plot? I want you to calm down. I'm calm, I'm calm. Okay. The main character is Angela Vidal, who's played by okay. Jennifer Carpenter. This is the thing I will give the film. Angela Vidal is the host of what seems to be a basic cable show called Night Shift, where she rides around with various people at night. She's riding with the fire department this time. Uh, The the reason I think they cast Jennifer, you know how most of these Discover Channel shows have these generic blonde or brunette-looking women who are maybe kind of hot? You know why I think they cast her? The reason that me and you like the girl. Remember Cloverfield? Yeah, Remember that one girl? Remember that girl that we said? Notice how I'm able to remember this, this actress's name and her
1: character's name. That's why you remember her. Because she reminds you of that girl from Cloverfield.
0: That girl stood out. I got her character, I got her. This episode is following the Los Angeles Police Department. The first 15-20 minutes is her doing footage. And they spend a lot of time going out of their way establishing that Angela is a competent person. She's very physically fit. She's very much someone who tries to be active as opposed to passive. They get a call from a apartment building. And as they're on the way, in fact, one of the firemen a guy by the name of Jake, played by Jay Hernandez, explains that these days most of what fire departments go out on are medical emergencies, and most firemen are also paramedics.
1: Which we were talking about the other Mm -hmm. night when we were on the
0: phone. So they go to this apartment building. There were these reports of the screams coming from one of the, the three floors. And they go to this apartment. Now, Derek, if you go into an apartment and you're a police officer, there are two police officers already on the scene. Or you're a fireman or you're a police officer. And you go up to an apartment and there is an old woman. Her back is to you and she's shaking. When she turns to you, you see that she has pasty skin and she's foaming at the mouth. And she's making these weird... Noises. What do you do?
1: I shoot her. Because you know what? Because I'm black.
0: <laughs> you, there's a
1: black I'm police officer. Op- okay. hey, I'm Tom, let me tell you something about black people. We don't believe in warning shot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we... Of the six people who go into this apartment The two police officers The two firemen And Angela and her There were
1: no black people in this movie No no
0: The police officer is black And her cameraman Scott is also black Oh, but
1: they were stupid. Apparently so. Yeah, they didn't act like black people. Folks, he's told me to plot this movie already. I wouldn't be taking any pictures. I would give the white woman
0: the camera and say, You take your own damn pictures. I'm out of here. Well, it's the same problem that we have with Cloverfield, up to a point. The second Marlena dies, it should be the second HUD goes, You know what? I'm going with the guys with the guns. Instead of following the others around. Yeah. They're telling this woman, you got to calm down. If you don't calm down, we can't help you. She's not having any. And then she gets crazy and attacks the non-black cop and bites his neck. And you think at this point they would shoot her. I would shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Damn right I No such it. luck. And it gets better. So they lock her to her apartment. The, the people in the apartment building are in the lobby. Tom, why were you still watching this movie? Because I paid eight fifty for it. They go to leave to find out that there are guys with guns on the other side of the door sealing this building off with plastic sheeting. And they're going, remain calm. We're working to get you out of here. Remain calm. So everybody's freaking out. They're going to try to head out through the back of the apartment building is a fabric workshop. But they end up having to use, because as they're arguing about what they're going to do, the other fire officer who was left guarding the door of the apartment, Uh-oh. suddenly goes, fling down to the floor. And blood starts pooling under his head because he got oh. thrown all the way from three flights. Well, yeah. So the only guy with any medical training... Now remember, they established firemen have paramedic training. Not this fireman, apparently, and because he do not know what the shit to do. And I know firemen Yeah. who have paramedic training. This fireman gets freaked out and asks if there's a doctor. The only doctor they have is a veterinarian who's played by Greg German. They take him and the bitten cop to the fabric uh, workshop. He's like, I I just work on animals. I don't know how to do... So he's working on that. Meanwhile, there's another woman up there. Tom! Yeah? Does this movie make any sense at all? No. Oh, okay. Because we've talked about this before. I I know that this makes no sense. There's a janitor guy. There's an opera teacher and his protege. That's what he calls her his protege, although it looks like it's something else is going on there, oh, uh, man. who manages to have a vast amount of recreational drugs and is able to provide them with painkillers oh, for the cool. two cops. Cool. There is a drunk businessman, cool. and most significantly, there is a mother and her sick child who has a fever. They're, they're waiting for her husband to come back, who went to the vet to pick up their dog. Gonna become, see, meanwhile, they find another woman up in another apartment who's also doing the whole, I'm foaming at the mouth, going... Now, you've seen what happened with the first one. What do you do? Shoot him. No. They grab her and bring her down to the lobby. Oh, man, I shoot her. They don't shoot her. The vet... They're well, they're stupid. ...has a theory after he's examining the body. Meanwhile, by the way, also, the the fireman wakes up from the sedatives and kind of walks out because he's got, the like, compound fractures all over. So one of his legs is kind of breaking off. You got two more minutes to wrap this shit okay, up. okay. Okay. <laughs> The vet has a theory that it's some sort of super rabies, because they're foaming at the mouth, the, the saliva glands are all going, they're showing aggressiveness, they're showing, right. so it's some sort of super rabies. At that time, the little girl, of course, has a super rabies, she goes crazy, everybody starts getting affected, there's lots and lots of shaky cam, but the worst part of this film happens in the last frickin' ten minutes. Okay. Because everybody gets picked off one by one by one. The script can't make up its mind whether the Angela character has this sort of romantic tension with Jake, the fireman. With the or if he has this ongoing relationship with, with the, the cameraman. cameraman. Yeah. Because oh, no. at some point, they start talking about baby, 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 and not in the Johnny Cash, I walk the line sort of way. And you see they go like, wait a minute, but she was kind of flirting with the fireman just a few minutes ago. What's going on here? What happens is it's down to just the two of them. This is the other thing that bothers me. Is that, okay, I've been all this time establishing that Angela is so competent. And she's very physically fit. And she tends to be very forceful and tends to take action for herself. For the last 20 minutes, she's nothing but a simpering, crying wreck. She just stands there and cries and goes, We're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. So Scott, the cameraman... Okay. Who, by the way, we don't know his name is Scott till about halfway through the film. They go up to the attic, because they mentioned early on that there is a penthouse apartment, in addition to the three floors.
1: Okay.
0: Which was rented out by some guy okay. from Boston, but we haven't seen him in over a month. So they go up, and I defy anybody to explain this. They go up to the, the, the penthouse apartment. They figure they get to the penthouse apartment, they might be able to get to the roof and cross the roof and escape there. They go up to the penthouse. It's this squalid place filled with cage upon cage upon cage upon cage of rats. And lots of news clippings on the walls about doomsday cults. Oh okay. And they're like going, try to get the keys, try to get the keys, try to get and she's like crying, crying, she's like, Don't take the light off me, don't take the light off me she knocks the camera over and breaks the light, so he has to switch to night vision. Because of course it's creepier when it's in green with the little pinpoints in the eyes. What ultimately happens is they find an attic door, open the attic door, and something comes out that we're in adult diapers, by the way. That is wandering around the house and she's beginning to freak out and he got to point out He's actually at one point putting his hand over her mouth to say, Calm the fuck down does that happen of course not because it's a horror movie yeah. no, she white doesn't, people she doesn't <laughs> calm the fuck down but at this point by the way this woman who in the early part of the film had gained a little bit of sympathy from me i've been like calling for the last half an hour kill this bitch already kill everybody in this film everybody in this film is so stupid they deserve to die so she makes noise does the adult diaper wearing weird monster thing it looks kind of like a man, but it kind of, doesn't look like a man with long, stringy hair and deep, sunken eyes. And Does it attack Angela? No, it attacks Scott. And then we have the shot that is on the posters of her on her belly, reaching for the camera. And at this time, I'm like sitting back here and going, okay, grab her.
1: Well, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you know what's going to
0: happen. Yeah. The thing is, though, apparently John Eric Dowdell doesn't think... We know it, what's going to happen because he stretches us out for two minutes. Ooh. Her hyperventilating, trying to find the camera, trying to find the camera, and we all the while I'm going, "Okay, do it, do it."
1: Uh, folks, by do this it. time, I guess you should figure that
0: Tom doesn't like quarantine. <laughs> and doesn't like. I'm telling you, if I ever meet this guy, I'm taking 850 worth of his flesh. I'm going to go all freaking Shylock on his ass. <laughs> so dumb. And it just, the thing that aggravated me so the most. Tom, let me, uh... You didn't like corn. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing that angers me is that they set up rules. <laughs> what is it that you and I have talked about in past episodes? You set up rules and you follow oh, the yeah, rules. Oh, yeah, yeah. You set up the rules in your That's universe true, yeah. and you follow the rules. If you set up the rule that all firemen are paramedics... And then the firemen don't have... And par- don't, don't have par- training. Again. If you set up don't the act. rule that this super rabies courses through the bloodstream in a matter of minutes and then play out this thing with the little girl, where the little girl is apparently unaffected for over 40 minutes before when she attacks her mother and rips her mother's face off, just at the right moment... That's not playing by the
1: rules. One of our good friends who writes fair fiction, Dino Pollard, he says all the time, "Well, you should go see the movie or you should go see this before you have an opinion about it. Well, I did see the movie. I saw the trailer and I said, this is crap. That's why you have trailers. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have the internet and that's why you have all this other stuff that you can go on. And the other thing you can go see, when I saw this, I said,
0: well, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bunch of bullshit. And the thing that made it even worse was the fact that because it was done just like Dowdle's previous film, The Poughkeepsie Tapes, was done in that point-of-view style that was pioneered by Blair Witch and was kind of perfected by Cloverfield, he overdoes the shaky... When we reviewed Cloverfield back in January, okay, we made a comment of the fact that given modern technology... There was a lot more shakiness than needed to be in that film. The person that we're viewing, whose film we're viewing, is a person who's a professional cameraman working for a professional cable station. Don't you think at that point that the stability should be even better? Exactly. No, it is every 15 seconds the camera jiggles and shakes and God help us during the attacks... And see, it gave me a Perpetual ride. tension yeah. headache throughout the film. See, that's why
1: I didn't want to see it. This was they trying to copy Cloverfield with the shaky cam. Well, technically... Cam. I can't stand shaky cam. Yeah. If I want to be in the middle of the action... I'll take a white woman to a Ku Klux Klan yeah. cookout. That's what I'll do if I want to be in the middle of action. Mm-hmm.
0: When I go see a movie, I want to see the movie.
1: Right. I want
0: to see everything happening the way but it's But I mean, just, like, yeah. even with Cloverfield, when something really significant was happening, they tried to yeah, keep it steady. right. When yeah. there was an important plot point that the director wanted to convey, yeah. the camera calmed the, the, down.
1: Calmed down. Not yeah. here. I am sick and tired.
0: Of this shaky
1: cam stuff, and people say, "Oh yeah, well, it's realistic." No, it's no, not. it's not. Because a movie is not realistic. Right. You're watching the movie. You're watching something that's fabricated on the screen. You're not watching something realistic. So why do you? I like the shaky cam.
0: No, I don't like the shaky cam. Well, cams. to sum up, congratulations, John Eric Daddell. You have managed to be the biggest piece of shit in my hall of shit. You okay? I'm okay now. You okay I now? I think it's time for you to start. I know you hated
1: it, Tom. I know you hate it.
0: So you've seen three films.
1: Yeah, I've seen three films. One movie that I... Which
0: features one of my favorite actors.
1: Don Cheadle. Yes. Don Cheadle in Traitor. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this movie in the theaters, get it on DVD. He plays a guy name is Samuel Horn. And what happens is that when... He was a kid. His father was killed. His father was Muslim. Right. He's a Muslim, but he's also an American. So what happens is that he's recruited by right. the United States government to be a spy. Because since he's a Muslim... Right, he can get and, places. And he can get in places that they can't get into. And he infiltrates a Muslim terrorist group. I want to make that clear. It's an extremist Muslim group I have Muslim friends, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to try to put out
0: that. Well, I mean, I guess when I first saw the trailers for this, it seemed like one of the things they were trying to do was differentiate between the average Muslim. Don Cheadle is your average guy who happens to be Muslim.
1: And that's one of the best things about this movie, is Mm. that he's an American, but he's also a Muslim. He has to... Try to reconcile those two sides. He says, okay, well, I'm an American, and I'm an American spy. But he's also a Muslim. Right. He infiltrates this organization, and he gets inside of it. The whole thing is really, really good with him infiltrating this organization. He has to reconcile his Muslim nature with his also being an American. Don Cheadle. I know you're a Don Cheadle oh, yeah. fan. And a lot of y'all out there don't listen to Don I've Cheadle been a fan ever
0: since Devil in the Blue Dress. Boy, yeah! And when he played Mouth.
1: See this movie. This mm-hmm.
0: is terrific. In this- fact, you know this. When we, I was still doing, at Chris Munn's behest, Ghostwriter for Marvel 2000, I re-energized Brother Voodoo. As Don Cheadle. And I always patterned you, him after you, Don Cheadle. You
1: pictured him as Don Cheadle. It was Don yeah.
0: Cheadle with a white suit on. Don
1: Cheadle is... A, uh, such uh, a great I'm actor. I'm telling you, if you watch this movie, he's terrific because he has to completely leave behind the life he knew. Yeah. He had a girl that he been engaged to mm-hmm. and he leaves her behind, but he goes back and he sees her... Because he wants to tell her, this is what I had to do in order to do this for my country. And it's absolutely astounding performance. Trader is like a black James Bond in a way. The way he plays Don Cheadle. And the way they leave the movie at the end. You kind of get the feeling maybe they're going to make a sequel to it or something That's like that. That's what I heard. It
0: looks like somebody's got an eye on a franchise.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, it's that good, Tom. It's mm-hmm. that good. Watch it. It's realistic. It's not like he's doing all these fantastic stunts. He's doing things in a realistic way that you look at it and you say, wow. Yeah, I could see this happening. I could see him doing this. It's a very good movie, and I recommend it to
0: everybody. And people who may not be familiar with Mr. Shield might want to get familiar with him since he's about to take over a major role in one of our favorite franchises. Yes, the Iron Man franchise.
1: He's going to be taking over the role of Uh, Rhodey, Rhodey, James Rhodes. Glad you brought that up. A lot of people have been saying, the other guy the Terrence world, Howard. Or, yeah, Terrence Howard. Oh, Terrence Howard. Well, why did he do it? Terrence Howard has got this fantasy that he wants to be an R&B singer. So, that's why he didn't, there's some people that are saying he didn't want to come back to Fireman 2 because mm-hmm. of the money situation. No. He didn't come back because he thinks he's an R&B singer. Yeah. That's why he didn't come back. If it was a choice between him and John Uh, Favreau coming back, I'd rather John Favreau come back. And thankfully, Favreau is back. Downey is back. I know you don't care for her too much, but she played Pepper Potts. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. I
0: I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was fine as Pepper Potts. She's back. Everybody's back except for Terrace Howard. Well, you know what? I can deal with Don Cheadle playing James mm, Rhodes. Yes, I, I can I, deal with Don Cheadle yes. as War Machine.
1: Yeah, that was the whole thing about everybody. They liked that when Terrence Howard, when he looked at the yeah.
0: suit of War Machine. Yeah. Next time for sure. Said, I'm all behind that. So Yeah,
1: that's why Terrence Howard didn't come back. You people that think that they wouldn't pay him the money, I'm with you. I want Don Cheadle. I'm all, yeah. Now, my next movie mm-hmm. that I want to talk about is Appaloosa, which is a Western starring Harris, mm-hmm. Viggo Morton. In fact, it's directed by Harris, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's Not very well. I have to say I really did not like, and I love Western. This movie really did not do a lot for me. The first hour is good. We have Jeremy Irons, who killed three men. in the first five minutes of the movie, bam, bam, bam. But Ed Harris and Vigo Morton play freelance peacekeepers who go from town to town and they're hired by the people of this town. We got these bad guys. We want you to kill them, which is what they do. They come in, they kill the bad guys, and then they move on to the next town. The bad guy in this town is played by Jeremy Irons. His name is Randall Bragg. I think that you agree with me
0: in that when you have Jeremy Irons, you let him go. Well, I don't know because he was a pretty scenery chewing in Dungeons & Dragons but I understand what you're saying. You let him go. You let him play a bad guy. Mm-hmm. One of the best bad guys he played was
1: in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Remember?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah playing the brother of the other English person you want to get if you want to get an English bad guy, right. Alan Rickman. Alan
1: Rickman. Yeah, matter of fact, he had one of the best lines in the movie. Remember the part where Sam Jackson said, killed your brother? He said, but you didn't like your brother. He said, yeah, yeah but there's a difference between not liking my brother oh, that, and not and caring right. when mm-hmm. a stupid cop throws him off yep. a building. Jeremy Irons is so dialed down in this movie, and i got to blame it on... In Harris as the director. Because you just let him go. Do what he wanted to do. He doesn't do it in this movie. Randall Bragg runs his town. Mm -hmm. So Viggo Mortensen and Ed Harris, they come in. Basically what they do is that they kill everybody in sight. Until they get a hold of Randall Bragg. And right. then they go and bring him to justice and they bring him in front of a court. Which to me, bring Jeremy right. in front of a court, you either kill him or you... Then, they have Renee Zellweger. She comes in, mm-hmm. supposedly her husband has died. She has a problem being,
0: how shall I put this, being a
1: one-woman man. Oh! Uh, yeah!
0: So She She's, likes to spread around the butter.
1: Yeah, so she kind of like first with Viggo Mortensen's mm-hmm. character because she can't be faithful to Anne Harris. Who, could course, falls in love with her and right. he wants to build her a house. It's just, I mean... Renee, I'll build you a town. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have this thing where, you know how you have westerns? You got gunfights. Right. I mean, real gunfights. Mm-hmm. They have one gunfight that happens so fast that even the Viggo Mortensen character says, Well, damn, that was almost kind of quick, right? <laughs> wasn't it? And, and Harris, because they're both laying on the ground because right. he shot. And he said, Yeah, well, everybody can shoot. I have read reviews that compared this movie to Unforgiven and Silverado. No, no, no. This is not by any means anywhere near the class. Is this
0: Ed Harris' first film? That he's directed, of course. I
1: believe it's the first movie that he's directed.
0: Do you think maybe he got a little bit of a touch of uh, self-important disease? Yeah, I would. Both my
1: wife, Patricia, mm-hmm. and, uh, we right. saw it. Patricia loves Western, too. She said, that wasn't good. Listen, folks, I know Westerns. This is not a good Western. The first hour is good, right? but then after that, it gets so slow. If it was any slower, it'd be going backwards. Oh, dear. That's how bad Appaloosa is. It's not a good western at all, and I would not recommend it to okay. anybody. If you want to watch it at home, get the DVD. At least this way when you get to that second hour. Right. Right. You can at least pause and say, okay, well, let me get a good bathroom. Right. Now, going on to my third movie. <laughs> right. See, Tesla let me do all the grunt work on this one because he only had that one.
0: I'm exhausted after... Fuck you, movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm giving him a popcorn. Yeah, it's just a comedy you mean. My third movie is City of Ember, which is a science fiction movie. Stars Bill Murray, Lucinda Dryzak, and Ian McEl... and Connor McNeil. Okay, but it really doesn't matter because this movie is one you should definitely rent. Don't go see it in the movie theater. Me and Patricia went to see it. We were the only people in the whole theater. That was it, just me and her. Nobody went to see this. I can see why. It's pretty cool. In a sense that, and I think I was talking to you about it on the phone the other night, Guillermo del Toro Mm -hmm. should have directed this one because of the visual style. When you watch it, it does look like one of his movies. There's this huge disaster. The world is coming to an end. What happens is that you have a bunch of scientists. What they do is that they build this underground city called Ember. Mm -hmm. They... Put information in a box. In 200 years, the box is going to open and it will tell the people in Ember how to get back up to the strange right. world. They're underground. The city is collapsing. The electrical systems are failing. Everything is failing. The city is going to shit. So you have this kid, he thinks he can repair the city. He joins up with this young girl who was a messenger. The last half hour of the movie, like I think I was telling you, Mm -hmm. it's like a video game because it's levels they have to get through to figure out how to get to the surface world. Is this a good movie? It's a good movie to rent. It's got Bill Murray. It's got Tim Robbins, Mm -hmm. who will... who
0: just hasn't a, been doing a lot
1: lately. We're who's just,
0: just the only two named actors yeah. that are in the movie? Tim well, Rock. I'm looking at Mary Kay Place's name here. That's a good Yeah, Mary name Kay I Place.
1: Yeah. It's also got Martin Landau, who I think I mentioned to you. You're I said he wasn't
0: looking too good.
1: No, he wasn't, because every one of his scenes that he plays in this movie, he's sitting down. He's not standing up, which makes me think well, maybe he wasn't feeling too good when he was making this movie. But he's good. In this. Bill Murray is good. Tim Robbins is good. Mm-hmm. All these guys are good. It's just... I sat there and and said, Yeah, buddy. It's not enough of a children's movie for kids. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough of an action movie for adults. It's basically
0: something that sort of fell through the cracks.
1: Yeah. I would recommend it for home viewing. It's not a bad movie. It's got great visuals. It's got great performances. But it's
0: just wasn't there. Do you think it was just another attempt at trying to create another tween-friendly fantasy series? Yeah. This
1: I liked it on the performance levels. The two actors that played the children, they were good. Bill Murray was good. Martin Landau was good. Tim Robbins was good. The visual style was good. For some reason, it just didn't take me over right. that hurdle where I could say, yeah, I loved it. Watch it for yourself. And you email me, and we'll talk about it then. Out of all the movies that I've reviewed, the only one that I can recommend without any hesitation is Traitor. It's Traitor. Ooh, boy. See Traitor. But Appaloosa, no. Don't see that unless you want
0: to watch it at home. Right. And *City of November. Watch that at home. Since you said this is a very Guillermo del Toro-esque, I think we've seen that aesthetic becoming more and more commonplace in genre filmmaking. Yeah. Do you think this is going to hasten or shut it down? Because no,
1: because Guillermo del Toro has such a remarkable visual style I of his own. I should mention to y'all guys is that that was the first movie me and Tom saw together, was Hellboy. Yep. We saw that with F. Paul
0: Wilson. Oh, yeah. Ooh, boy! And
1: <laughs> see if you go see a movie for Paul Wilson Yeah you have went to see a movie But you can see The influence right. Of Del Toro in City of Ember Because it does look like A Del Toro movie The whole screen is filled with detail I think that a lot of people that Like Del Toro movies would like to see it On That's why I kind of Recommend the movie Because right. if you like Del Toro you like Tim Robbins, if you like Bill Murray scene. Mm-hmm. the two child actors,
0: they're good, but... Is there are a lot of good elements that just yeah. aren't quite fitting correctly. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of things that just don't hang together. And me and Patricia went to see it, and we were saying, she said, well, what do you think about that? I said, well, I like some of it, but... <laughs> you know, but I would recommend that. You know, well, you, definitely, because okay. I know you like Del Toro. Oh, yeah. I would definitely recommend,
0: but don't go pay to see right. it. Wait till
1: it comes. Put it on the Netflix queue and
0: see it then. So, so I guess uh, to review. This has been a fairly short episode. We go get Tom going on. <laughs> you really, really, really like Trader Trader with Don Cheadle. Go please if you like Don Cheadle, and you should like Don Cheadle because he's a great. Do you think it's okay for me to call him a great, great man? Yes, it is. Because he is a great, great man.
1: Please, by all means, when it comes on DVD, trade it with Don Cheadle. I also reviewed Appaloosa, the western with Ed Harris, also directed, directed by,
0: by him. And and starring Renee Zellweger, Viggo Mortensen, Jeremy Irons. And Lance Hendrickson. And Lance Hendrickson.
1: That's a rental, folks. If only for the first hour, which is a good mm-hmm. action western... But then when it gets to that second part, you can start going out and making sandwiches yeah.
0: <laughs> and going out for beers. and It, it beer. becomes a background movie. Let me do my ironing while I'm watching this movie. Let me yeah,
1: do exactly. There you go. Also, City of Ember, which if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, if mm-hmm. you want Guillermo del Toro light, watch this movie.
0: Let me ask you, who do you think the studios were intending this film for? I have no idea, Tom. It's not a kid's film. Because you would think with two child actors as the lead, it would be aimed towards a family. Right, yeah, but
1: it's too dark to be a family film, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have enough action to satisfy the teenage crowd, and it's not enough of an adult movie for the adult crowd. I have no idea who they made this movie for. It's worth watching, don't get me wrong. And I would recommend that... When it comes to a DVD, don't go pay to see it in the movie theater. But if you've got Netflix, yeah, get it. Matter of fact, I'm really waiting to see when you get it. Right. And you see, so you can tell me what you thought of mm-hmm. it. Those are my three movies. And Tom will go into his and movie. I hated,
0: hated, 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 hated <laughs> quarantine. So much so that I think that John Eric Dowdle and his brother Dean deserve to be whipped.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to break my foot off in your ass. Okay. Better pray Dowdle you never cross okay. my path. I swear okay. you are. S- uh, I hated that. Okay. Film. I guess it's now time for administrative before I get even more angry. <laughs>
1: yeah, Tom's going to do the administrative stuff now. Go ahead.
0: Okay, bro. Once again, if you to praise us, revile us, tell us something that we missed. You should not do like my mother does and leave little voicemails on my answering machine saying, The Chinatown Fair is actually near the Manhattan Bridge, not the Brooklyn Bridge. You Hi, should- Mom. Hi. Well, we love my mom. You should send us an email at BetterInTheDark I, lo- I love you. Mom. My mom can kick both her asses, though. That's the thing. I love you, Mom. So she's a good person. Hi, Mom. You should go to send an email to betterinthedark at gmail.com. That's better the letter and the dark at gmail.com. You could leave a message like our new friend Corinne did and our Better in the Dark website, which will be moving soon, but right now it's at Mm-hmm. You could join our mailing list at movies.yahoo.com backslash group backslash better in the dark. Or, new and ready for 2008, you can sign up on our Better in the Dark message board, which is at betterinthedark.proboards105.com. It takes only a few minutes to register, and then you can get in on all the fun. There are 11 of us here right now, and we're looking for more. We just at least want a baker's dozen, guys. Come on. So that is it, I guess, for this. This is a relatively short one. But we got some big movies coming soon. We got Quantum of Solace. But we're going to be handling that in our Bond thing.
1: But you know why it's short? It's short because Tom has edit these episodes, and I really try to keep it down to under an hour so he doesn't have that but much I, work if to if do. If you've
0: ever noticed with other podcasts that have run for a really long time, stuff like Comic Geek Speak or our friend at The Geek Savants or such, they, they suffer from what I like to call podcast drift, mm-hmm. is that their earliest episodes to be very short, but then they get longer and longer and longer. So I, I kind of accepted that. But we tend to try to keep it around the hour and 90 minutes.
1: Yeah, but Tom, you have to do the work. If it was up to me, y'all guys wouldn't hear shit. I'm going to be very honest with you. Tom is the one that has to do the work, and he has to edit it, so we try to keep down to under an hour. Really? How long do you want to listen to us? R- I, know that, anyway. I know there are
0: some fans out there who would listen to me go screaming at something for another 20 minutes. What's the next
1: episode we're going to do? The
0: next one that we're recording on this session, we're recording this in late October, October 25th, I think? We are recording this on October 24th. 24th. We're actually doing something a little different. We're going to be recording a little TV thing. Yo! We're going to do the TV thing That's right. next. right. We're doing the TV thing next. Okay. Where we're going to look at some of the television shows that are of interest to genre fans. Yeah.
1: You folks are going to really enjoy this because we're going to do this something is the first time a little we, different. Yeah. This
0: is the first time we've done a solely TV episode since episode 10. Yeah. Where we talked about the move towards serialized television. All right, That was when we talked about heroes. Yeah. Well, one with the famous heroes, Rand. You
1: guys really want to stay tuned and get that episode because we're going to be talking about the eleventh hour, eleventh hour, life on Mars, life on Mars, both the British and the American. Version, yeah, yeah, which you haven't seen. But I haven't I've seen, seen the platform. Yeah, on Mars, yeah. And Fringe, Fringe. We're going to be talking about Fringe. We're going to be talking okay, a about, about, about The
0: Mentalist, The Mentalist, My Worst Enemy. A number of these shows that have interest to people who were our first fans, which were the genre fans.
1: Yeah, so let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up.
0: We've done. So it's Good Night from Him. And I'm Derek Ferguson. And I'm Tom DJ.
1: And no matter what you do, no matter what you see,
0: no matter where you go, no matter what freaking. Apartment building. <laughs> you're stuck in with a stupid freaking director who doesn't know how to freaking direct. Who's doing a story about freaking goddamn super rabies and doesn't know how to follow the stupid rules. Go see that movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, good night. God bless. You've been listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas D J and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go out to Carol Mahalski, the Drunken Zombie Crew. John S. Drew of The Chronic Rift, and the members of the Better in the Dark Yahoo group at movies.groups.yahoo.com backslash group backslash Better in the Dark. Better in the Dark begrudgingly congratulates the Dadell brothers on entering a production deal with M. Night Shyamalan, as you two wingnuts deserve each other. Older episodes of the show are archived at bitd.lipson.com. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, and pipe bombs to dark at gmail.com. That's better, the letter N, dark at gmail.com. Interact with the hosts and the fans of this podcast at the Better in the Dark message board at betterinthedark.proboards105.com Please vote for us on Podcast Alley. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation. All material copyright, Thomas D.J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that Tom's mom could most likely kick your ass, too.